Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. As we get into, you know, as Washingtonians, we have such high, (laughs) high rates of like seasonal depression and just being very introverted and the weather does not help. The weather does not help. It gets gloomy. It gets wet. It gets rainy. And we're coming back to this, this grind in our lives. And sometimes that kind of triggers to me like, okay, I need to start talking more to people and getting outside of my own my own shell. And so we have, we always have these amazing guest speakers who come onto our podcast and help us navigate these changes in our se- in our lives and the seasons. And today we have someone that you've heard from before, Noemi. She's this amazing friend of mine, but also she's an advisory board member and she's she has an extensive background now in in mental health. And um, Noemi, can you can you remind us again kind of your educational background so that our listeners can can refresh themselves? Absolutely, Helen. So my background, I received my master's in couples and family therapy. So right now my license is a license. It's an associate license in uh, marriage and family therapy in the Mm -hmm. state of Washington. Mm -hmm. This upcoming year in April, I will be eligible to apply for full licensure. So I will be no longer an LMFTA with an associate license. I'll be a fully licensed marriage and family therapist, which will be LMFTA. Yeah. That's amazing. And she's worked so hard to to get these degrees, certifications and licenses. And it's, it's just been wonderful to watch this process. And she's just a wealth of knowledge, guys. So we're so glad to have her as a resource to turn to. As as me and the staff were talking about this, this change in season and going into the fall and winter, you know, we we're like, wow, people really need to reach out to mental health specialists. And then it kind of started snowballing into well, how do you even start? How do you even start looking for a therapist or a counselor or someone to talk to? What are the criterias someone should be, someone should have when they reach out for help and and who should they look for? Because not every therapist that you find the first, the first one might not be the right one for you and it's okay. But I thought I'd get Noemi on here and, and ask this question, how to find a therapist? How do you find someone and what are your, your, checklist that you should have as you're navigating this system. So let's just start from there, Noemi. How how would you recommend someone like me on how to find a therapist? Yeah, that's a great question, Helen. And mm-hmm. there are a variety of approaches someone can take to find a therapist. Mm-hmm. First, I just want to acknowledge that the first step in even thinking about 
wanting to talk to someone about, you know, things that are going on in your life that you would like someone who is safe and authentic to listen to, mm-hmm. you know, that's a huge step. And I I think anyone who's willing to do that, you know, that takes courage and, mm-hmm. and it takes time and it takes money, resources to do that. So yeah. I just want to amend that strength of even being able to think that way. Mm-hmm. I do think that there are some things that can be done to find a therapist. So I, what I've recommended for people to find a therapist is to go to psychologytoday.com, which is a website where they have therapists who are licensed and it has all their information, their the therapeutic modalities that they use, the types of issues that they address, the cost per session, whether they accept insurance or not. Mm-hmm. They have their, their work cell phone number on there, their email as well a link to their website that gives more information about how they do therapy. And so, and you can even schedule or book an an appointment through there as well. And another resource, um, that's just for general therapists. If Mm -hmm. someone's interested in finding, for example, a Catholic therapist or a Christian therapist, those exist. Mm -hmm. Um, So more more like faith-based? Yes, more faith-based, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's catholictherapist.com. And then there's faithfulcounseling.com, which is for Christian therapy. There's there's a lots of lots more websites for for Christian therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them are better than the others. You mm-hmm. know, it, you know, you can easily do a Bing or Google search. Yeah, therapy can be expensive, and there's a website called Open Path. Open Path is a nonprofit nationwide network of mental health professionals that is dedicated to providing in-office or telehealth therapy appointments. And it's based on your income. So they're they're a little bit less expensive than traditional therapy. And so that's something that you that a person could do if they're struggling to pay for for therapy. And I believe there is a fee to be a member with Open Path. It's not I think it's like thirty or forty dollars, but that's always an option as well. Okay. Additionally, additionally, someone would like to who doesn't have insurance, maybe they're always welcome to go to a mental a community mental health agency, and every major city has has one of those, mm-hmm. and there would more than likely be seen at a, at a free or reduced rate, and even if they don't have insurance, so there's also that option. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. That's that's great, and we'll list these websites attached to this to this podcast. Can we can we back up a little bit? And can you tell me and tell our listeners because mm-hmm. I'm ignorant to this, the differences between a counselor, a therapist, a psychiatrist, and a yes. psychologist? Because I'm always mixing all of them up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all have to do oh, yeah. with mental health, right? But then some yes. can prescribe, some can't, and. Yeah. And yeah, can you just tell me like, what's the difference between a counselor and a therapist? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's a great question that it'll, you'll get a different response based on who you ask. Yes. So the main difference is in the type of the way that they deliver therapy. So for example, a therapist like myself, a I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I I was trained in family systems theories. Mm -hmm. And so I I have a systemic approach when I work with clients. And so I think that's helpful because we look not just at the client, but what are things influencing the client? Mm -hmm. You know, when they come in, there's their, their person in the world and they have all of these things going on around them. Mm -hmm. So if someone is coming in with depression, it's, you know, they're not, they're, they're depressed or they're anxious and how come, you know, there's, is it work stress? Is it family stress? Is it relationship stress? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they just had, you know, a miscarriage last week. You know, there's mm-hmm. so many things that 
a person goes through. Mm-hmm. And the way that we do it is through the way we address those questions, those things that they bring up in therapy is through the family systems theories. So it's a, it takes a systemic perspective of the client. So that's what a, what, what a licensed marriage and family therapist that's trained in family systems theories will do. A counselor would be, would be a bit different. Um, they would, it would be more short-term care. Okay. They have different therapy modalities. They, the end goals of counselors and therapists are pretty much the same to meet the client's therapeutic goals. Now, the way in which they do that is going to look a little bit differently. A therapist will also never tell a client what to do. They encourage the client to explore these alternatives that maybe they haven't thought of. Mm-hmm. And together with the client's input, they decide, the, the client decides what they want to do mm-hmm. for next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, a counselor will, will offer more strategic uh, framework on what to do. Like more um, direct they, direction? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And there might be might be counselors that don't do that. So it all just depends on the type of thing that you're looking for. This, um, we, yeah. So could I say like it depends on that person's style? Exactly. Okay. It de- definitely depends on the style. Okay. And then the difference with psychiatrists, those are medical doctors. So they prescribe medication. Okay. Usually they're, they have a lot of research mm-hmm. um, and they have their, their medical license. So for for them, they they do, they can do therapy. Usually, though, they do the medication aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Psychologists are also trained in working with clients. Mm-hmm. It's going to look a little bit different because of just the therapeutic modalities that they've learned in in school. Mm-hmm. Like that, all the end goal is the same. Now, the what they charge will be different, right? Mm-hmm. With the psychologists because they're doctors mm-hmm. and they have a medical license. It's going to cost a lot more than seeing a counselor or or a or a therapist. Okay. So that's always something. That to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Also, there there are social workers who have their, they're called licensed independent clinical social workers that can also work as therapists. And as you know, Helen, you used to be a social worker and you have yes. certain modalities that you use. And so they use all of that in doing therapy with the client. Mm-hmm. Where I work at, there are there is a licensed independent clinical social worker and and she loves working with clients. She used to work at a community mental health agency mm-hmm. and then decided to want to work more with clients on, on meeting their individual goals mm-hmm. in, in relation to therapy. So she used to help clients figure out housing and food and where they would get their resources, basic living necessities. And she mm-hmm. loved that work. And she also found that in order to really make systemic change happen, she really wanted to address their mental health needs first mm-hmm. and then give them the resources, help them identify resources to go and get the food and those housing options. There's different, we need different people. And, mm-hmm. and I think they're all, they all bring great strengths to the field. And so, yeah, you know, on psychology today, it'll, it'll let you know what type of issues they address and what type of modalities they use. If someone, for example, is interested in wanting to do therapy called EMDR, which stands for eye movement desensitization reprocessing. Mm-hmm. That is for clients who are trying to recover from a trauma or a distressful life experience and mm-hmm. reprocessing mm-hmm. that experience from childhood or early adulthood, or maybe it happened recently. And so someone would need to be EMDR certified mm-hmm. and that would be listed on the web on their website. Mm-hmm. So therapists are can be trained in that, but it takes a specific training to do that. So that's something I encourage client, clients to do is if they want to work on a specific issue to to look up to see if that that therapist is trained in that modality mm-hmm. or in that 
area of expertise. Okay. Thank you so much for that explanation. Because I always mixed the four yeah. of them up. Like, which one am I yeah. supposed to go to? You know, because yeah. they, they vary in degree of of experience and yeah. training. And then it all depends on, it sounds like, their approach and what they've they personally gravitated to in school and mm -hmm. how, you know, that that probably fits with their um, their talent more. And that's why they gravitated towards that certain specialty. And yeah. that might be something that when folks are looking on these websites, that might be something that stands out to them as like, oh, that really resonates with me. That's something that would help my issue or help me in this part of my life or something like that. Yeah. So that's super helpful. Thank you so much for the explanation. Sure. Would you suggest reaching out to people in our communities, in our lives that have tapped into counselors, therapists, psychiatrists, and asking their opinion on like their experience and, you know, who they yeah. would recommend or, you know, their experience with like, okay, this counselor was really great. I really, I really got along with them, but you know, mm -hmm. eventually I had to move on to this person. Would you suggest reaching out to other people? Yeah, that's a great question, Helen. And that is definitely something that I think would be helpful. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, I thought about this, you know, would I recommend or would I encourage a, a friend to let me know how their experience went in therapy? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and also, you know, if they could have a great experience with that therapist. And mm -hmm. also if, if, not every every friend that is referred to a therapist will be a great fit or match. Right. Right. Everyone's different. Everyone has different needs. Right. And so, yeah, just keeping that in mind that just because the therapist worked with this with this client doesn't always mean that it will be the same for that person. That, mm -hmm. And they might not feel that personal connection. And I think that's one of the most important key components in the therapeutic alliances. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a connection? Right. Yeah. Because that leads to trust. Right. And trust leads to to um things being shared that maybe have never been shared before in therapy with mm -hmm. anybody. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for affirming that. Mm -hmm. So so as you start on this journey of trying to find someone, do you think it would be helpful? Well, you you tell me because my first thought process is like to make a list <laughs> of yeah. like of like what I want when I what are or what I expect when I reach out to a therapist or someone to help me. Do you think that's a good start to like, these are kind of what I would like to happen when I go to therapy and then kind of use that as a guide to, yeah. to you know, when I Google onto psychology today and read bios, like, would that be yeah. helpful? Or what are you, what's your suggestion on how to even start that conversation? Yeah, I think that's a great, great question. And I think that process of writing down what you would like to address, mm -hmm. that is something that a therapist will ask you in that first session, what would you like to work on in therapy? What mm -hmm. would it look like to, to get your therapeutic needs met here, your mm -hmm. goals reached? Mm -hmm. So if you can already have that even before finding a therapist or searching, you know, that's just going to save more work and it's mm -hmm. going to help you address what you want to address. Most therapists will have a number to call on their website mm -hmm. where they provide a free consultation about, you know, questions that you want answered. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I want to work on this. Do you do you work with this type of issue with this mm -hmm. clientele? And, and they'll answer you. Mm -hmm. They'll give you a response. Mm -hmm. So you can always, and also it's a great option because then you get to hear their voice and just how they're connecting with you. Yeah. Are they being a, to you? Are they 
are they addressing what you're what you're asking or, or are they dismissing you? I'd like to think that they would always address you, right? And right. and also not everyone does things the same. Right. And every therapist should be attuned and caring and understanding. Mm-hmm. Um there there are some that that probably aren't though, you know, mm-hmm. just because we're human and and then I would question how come they're in that profession. <laughs> but I also I also think that yeah, give them a call. It might it might take a while to get a response back. Some some therapists are are on it, right? Within mm-hmm. 24 hours, we'll respond back. Others will take a few more days. Yeah. A lot just depends too on their availability. And so just think some things to consider. It can take, you know, a few days, two weeks to find a therapist. Mm-hmm. And and also asking those questions in, in that first session or even before the first session to mm-hmm. see if it would be a good fit. You know, and, and then just your experience in working with the issue that you want to work on. Mm-hmm. If if they don't have any experience, probably not the best fit already, right? Mm-hmm. But in, in most, actually, in all in all programs, we're all trained in a little bit of everything. We're not an expert in any of these areas by any means yet. Uh, but there are some therapists that go and get Gottman trained, so they can they can be certified to work with couples, mm-hmm. and so. And then there's some that are EMDR certified, so mm-hmm. they can work, like I mentioned, on reprocessing those traumatic events in a person's life. Mm-hmm. So, so there are so many different types of qualities that a therapist has that mm-hmm. and skills that can help each client. And if you already know what you want to go in for, great. Let's let's Google search that on on psych therapy today, right? Yeah. What would be your top three questions? that an individual should ask a, a brand new therapist that they're exploring? What's your top three that you that you would encourage an individual to, to ask? Because you want to ask those questions consistently with everybody yeah. that you're kind of screening because yeah. it has to, it sounds like it has to be a good fit for you and it has to be yeah. a good fit for that, that therapist as well, because yeah. they have the, they also have the right to decline you as a as a, as a client if they feel like they can't help you or it's not a good fit, right? So what are yeah. what are three what's your top three questions that you would recommend that someone asks in a screening process? That's a great question. Um, one of the questions that I I used when I was looking for a therapist was how can you help me meet this this goal? Mm-hmm. And they would give me a response. And if they mm-hmm. if I felt like they were sure about the response, that would mm-hmm. give me confidence. Then you do know what you're doing, and I trust you already here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so how are you going to help me meet this goal? Another question to ask is, you know. Uh, you know, what does, what does progress look like in therapy uh, mm. for someone with this type of issue or with this goal? What would progress look like? And another question that a lot of people sometimes don't think of asking in that first consultation is, you know, do you accept my insurance or what are insurance options? Uh, is there a sliding skill fee or discount if you're a student? You know, there, mm-hmm. there's, those are questions that we sometimes don't think about. It's also, for a lot of these therapists that do have their private practices, it's their business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always something to ask, I mm-hmm. think, before even seeing a therapist, because it might be that they don't accept your insurance. And the only way to really know is to ask those questions, to consult yeah. with your insurance, but also consult with the the therapist. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, your insurance provider is going to be the one to have those answers. Mm-hmm. But that's always a question I think should be that should be asked at the very, very beginning before beginning therapy. 
Awesome. That's so, yeah. so helpful because sometimes it's so intimidating to know where to even start. How how long do you expect an individual, how long do you think it would take for someone to find the right fit, the right person that could could help them? Yeah. And, you know, that's a really great question. It, you know, it can take, you know, a, a few days to a few weeks. I, I'd like to think that it wouldn't take months, but it mm-hmm. can take months. A lot just depends on the availability of the therapist. A lot depends mm-hmm. too on the client and how much time they're willing to invest in looking for a therapist. Mm-hmm. And then response time back from from the therapist that they email or call. I recommend having like a list of maybe five therapists that you want to contact. Mm-hmm. And out of those five, contacting all of them and mm-hmm. seeing you know, who responds back. And there might be one that doesn't respond back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd hope that they do just because of ethics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would recommend just taking your time to not rush to process. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if someone's taking like three months to get back to you, I would I would probably not go with that therapist because that yeah. probably means they're t- too busy to see a client, yeah, a potential client. So yeah, yeah, I just yeah. and do you recommend now with with the ability to do a lot of meetings online? Do you recommend? that route more or do you recommend face-to-face in person I guess it depends on the person right and their their situation which which I I guess it also depends on like the preference of the counselor or therapist right you know that's a great question therapy can be done in person or online Mm -hmm. now it's up to the therapist what they offer Mm -hmm. at my at the place that I work at we only do in person Mm -hmm. we do teletherapy if there is and if, if there is a need, if there if the client cannot come in for some reason, we can mm-hmm. do it online. Mm-hmm. But we, we strongly prefer in person where I work at just yeah. because of that human connection. Right. Also, I think teletherapy is a great option for for potential clients who maybe are can't leave home or mm-hmm. are are not able to, you know, go out go, go out as often. Mm-hmm. Also, I know that it's very convenient, right? You mm-hmm. don't have to drive to your therapy appointment, find parking. And, and do the therapy, you know, mm-hmm. you could do it from the comfort of your own home in a safe environment, mm-hmm. you know, closed door, private, private space. Mm-hmm. So, you know, none is better than the other. I, I just think it's a matter of preference. And also if, if a therapist offers in person or teletherapy. Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah. just, it depends on you. It, there's, it, there doesn't seem to be like a right or wrong answer to that. Yeah. It's, it yeah. all just comes down to preference. It sounds like, right? Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, you know, people always think, people always think of mental health as something they do last. They, they're in pain. And so they go to the doctors for that pain, that physical pain, but that mental health pain can be this underlining long lasting issue that you're not addressing. What would you say to someone that is like, I don't have enough money or I don't have, I don't have the financial means to invest in this. How would you answer that question? Yeah, that's a great question, Helen. And it's one that I constantly ask myself too, especially with the population that I work with, the clientele Mm -hmm. I have. Mm -hmm. We see a lot of clients who identify as low income. Mm -hmm. And so we do have a a discount for certain types of people. Mm -hmm. And so that's up to the discretion of every therapist and how they how they operate. Mm -hmm. And they 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 should post that on their website that they do have those options, sliding scale or or a discount for for these type of clients. So, you know, I would recommend if someone is is having 
difficulty and pain for therapy and yet they know that they would benefit from it, you know, listen to this podcast and also (laughs) to do their research in in finding therapists that maybe provide very low cost or, or even free therapy, mm-hmm. they are they do exist, mm-hmm. and they're they're just as equitable as any other therapist in terms of the ther- services that they offer. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, to be completely honest, at community mental health agencies, sometimes it is a bit more difficult to get an appointment there mm-hmm. because they are so busy. Because there's right. a lot of clients who who are in the same situation right. where it's to pay for therapy. So there's maybe a long wait list or it it takes weeks to get an appointment. And and when you do, then you're pushed out maybe two or three weeks later. Mm -hmm. Now, if there was a need to go every week, they would be seeing you every week, right? Mm -hmm. So that's part of their ethics as well. I would just encourage the, the person to to think about, you know, the value that they're putting on their mental health, Mm -hmm. because it's just as important as their physical health, they're interconnected. And I think it's valuable to address that because Mm -hmm. if we're, if we're able to address our mental health, then we're going to see improvements in our, in our, in our lives with the people we relate to, our work performance, Mm -hmm. our, our, our health and, and just our overall level of functioning and happiness. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there, I don't. I don't think there is a price on mental health, and also yeah. I'm aware that that not everyone can afford to to pay mm-hmm. for therapy. Yeah, it's an equitable, uh, systemic issue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, in in your experience in the field at this point, do you? I've been hearing a lot of people saying it's it's been really difficult to yeah. find available mental health yes. specialists because yeah. of everything happening in our world, people suddenly are more aware of like, wow, I really need to invest my time in this. And so the demand on mental health specialists have been higher, have gone mm-hmm. up. And so the the time and the ability to reach out to someone and have someone immediately available might not be the same as before COVID even. So yeah. is, is that true? Has that been in your experience? And I guess mm-hmm. like, don't be discouraged if People don't get back to you, you know, right away. Yeah. Has that's, has that been your experience as well? Yeah, definitely. Everything you're saying is I resonate with. We definitely saw a spike in cl- new clients and just, you know, it's it's usually pretty busy at the beginning of the school year. And during summer, we have less clients because, you know, people are on vacation and right. they have that vitamin D and yeah. sun. <laughs> and so, you know, people are less likely to come to therapy during those times, I think. Yeah. And yeah. I that's what I experience too. Right. And, and so there's going to be a wait, a wait time. And, and I do think because of COVID, just what has, it has caused is this shift in services and, and time and response time. And, and a lot of it is COVID related, right? Mm-hmm. When they're going to therapy, COVID related stress. Right. And so we're still during in times of COVID. So, you know, now the, now that students are back in school, even switching from online learning to in-person learning, that's an adjustment. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a lot of that in, in the office. Yeah. And I think that just to continue to be persistent and mm-hmm. if a therapist is full, ask about what would the wait time look like? When when could you see me? I know mm-hmm. right now you're full. Is, or do you recommend another therapist that I could see? And then yeah. they would more be more than happy to give you a list of people that they recommend yeah. or encourage you but I would just say to to not be discouraged and to be persistent because you will eventually find somebody. It just mm-hmm. will be a matter of time. Right, right. Well, with anything that you desire, it's like, what do you put into it? 
it is what you get out of it. So Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, to our listeners out there that are thinking of looking into finding someone to talk to, to better your mental health, to stabilize your life in some ways, like don't give up. It's, it's very, it sounds like it's very normal to, you know, go through a series of people. Like Noemi said, you know, it's so good to make a list of five people that you found online that you're like, okay, I'm committed to reaching out to these five people in this in the span of the next couple of weeks and see who responds and see who gets back to you. And it's a process in itself. It does feel daunting when you feel, then when you're like, oh man, it's more. I have to do more work to find this person and then do more work on myself. But like Noemi was saying, it's an investment. And like with any investment, it it takes time and it takes nurturing and it takes the ability to see that the end goal is something to work towards. And every little step adds adds up to the next to the next step to move forward. So so thank you so much, Noemi, for uh, all yes. of this information and helping us navigate this this mental health system that can be really daunting sometimes. <laughs> So thank you for having me and, and just some things to know or to look for when you do talk to a therapist is to just, to ask yourself, do you feel safe and comfortable sharing with this person? Mm -hmm. Just right Mm -hmm. off off the bat, right, right Mm -hmm. off the phone. And then are they being attuned to you? Are they being respectful? Mm -hmm. Do you feel a connection? Do they check in with you? Do they, do they ask, not assume information? Mm. Then when you are in therapy, that first session, did they start and end on time? So that has to do with boundaries, right? Mm. And are they addressing your concerns as progress being made? And like you mentioned too, Helen, it's an investment. And yeah. I don't think there's a, there shouldn't be a price in our mental health. And yet I know that there there's a systemic issue with the cost of therapy. And I do hope we can get with <clears throat> supporting clients who are in need of services that that, that don't have the resources. And I, yeah, I would, I would advocate for those clients to just to ask and, and mm-hmm. to see if there's a discount or a sliding scale mm-hmm. or any options in paying for therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do appreciate you inviting me to this podcast. And I hope that whoever is listening finds a helpful resource here. Oh, thank you so much, Noemi. And that that list you just rattled off is so, those are all good things to keep in mind when you're vetting people. So would it be okay if we listed yeah. that list on, sure. on our podcast description so folks have it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because all those things, like trusting your gut feeling. Do you feel safe? Yeah. Do you feel comfortable with this person? That's like the first, per, that's like the first step of like discernment of like, hey, is this, is this going to be something I want to invest in? And to trust that feeling and because those are really intuitive feelings about yourself. So, yeah. so thank you so much. It's always such a, a wonderful experience talking to you. And I hope and well, I know it's going to be so beneficial to people as as they listen to this podcast going into this next season of their lives, this next season of our year. You know, we're wrapping up 2022. I can't believe it. Yeah. And um, and how to look forward to the next year and how to better ourselves and 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 grow. So thank you so very much for your time. Of course. Thank you, Helen. Yeah. Thank you, listeners, for for tuning in once again to this podcast. Topics like this are always so important to us because we see we see the patient population that we see. And through those through that observation, we get to pick 
these topics to to help our community. And it's such an honor and a privilege to be able to do that. So thank you so much for tuning in bi-weekly with us. If you have a topic, if you are struggling to find someone to, to talk to, please, please reach out to 3W. Let us help in any way that we can. And, and thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time. For more information about 3W, please visit our website at 3wmedical.org. That's the number three, the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide. Book an appointment or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.